0: Welcome to Community Association Car Chat. The number one nationally recognized community association video podcast. Join your hosts, David Velasco and Steve Roderick, advisors at JGS Insurance, a Baldwin Risk partner every Monday as they catapult the multifamily industry forward by providing education and information about a host of topics that affect the community association world today. You can watch the show every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern live on LinkedIn or listen wherever you get your podcast as Dave and Steve give you your weekly dose of laughter and learning from the best in the industry. Let's get into this week's episode with our very special guest.
1: How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. You're not looking so great. What happened? Oh, It's the second time this month I get hit with a poison ivy or poison oak. This time, I got it right in my face. Are you joking? Like it's in my ear, behind my ear, between right. my fingers. Oh. You got to stop rolling around in poison ivy. Maybe you won't get it. Oh, maybe I'll think about that. <laughs> uh.
2: Guess what? We actually have somebody today on the show that might be able to help, but I don't know if we're going to get to your issues with poison ivy. I would yeah, like to know. welcome to the show Mr. Doug Molowski. and he is the chief operating officer of a company called HMI. Doug, welcome to the show. Can you please tell our viewers a little bit about yourself? And what is HMI? What do you guys
3: do? Well, thank you, Steve and Dave, for having me. I handle our operations in the field for disaster recovery and risk management services. HMI is a national company, and we provide property managers and property owners with disaster recovery claims and risk management services for their properties with an emphasis on their outdoor property, things like trees, shrubs, landscaping.
1: Okay, So I find that pretty interesting, but how did you even get started? How did HMI get started into that field?
3: So we created a methodology for valuing trees and landscaping. And we began working with the insurance industry on the underwriting side of the table. We created insurance products that were primarily used on commercial properties, hospitality properties, golf courses and the like, and then started spreading throughout the industry in which trees and
2: landscaping
3: indeed were insured.
2: Okay. Well, it's very interesting. I didn't realize that there was a market for this, but I know that there's a, definitely a need for it because a lot of the people in the communities and on the boards, they don't really think about what kind of coverage they have on their outdoor stuff. So in your experience, do you find that community, pro- the, like their outdoor property, the trees, shrubs, golf courses, playing fields, things like that, uh, do you find them underinsured or underprotected?
3: Yes, consistently. Consistently underinsured, I'm kind of two different levels. One is the assets themselves. Sometimes when you lose turf, lose trees, lose landscaping around the clubhouse, it's very expensive to replace. And when you you dig into your policy, you might find that you have little or no coverage. The other piece of the puzzle is the debris removal, especially after major wind events. So an HOA, if you can imagine an HOA in Florida that has a lot of, tree canopy. Well, they could have four five, 600 trees down. And if they don't have coverage to remove tree debris, which can be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, then they're going to have to come out of pocket.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting because without getting too far into the weeds on this, but you know, if somebody calls, they say, Hey, uh, a tree fell on our property. Does the insurance cover that? I have to ask the question, well, did it hit a structure? Did it hit a building? Did it hit a a piece of covered property? If it didn't hit a piece of covered property, there's no coverage there, right? What should a property manager, what should a board be looking for while reviewing their policy?
3: I think first and foremost uh, on the debris side, because a, a board or a property manager, a community manager needs to ensure that the community is cleaned up, is accessible, and is safe. In order to do that, you need to bring in tree crews and landscaping crews to clear roads, to clear trees that have fallen on structures and in the common areas, uh, on roadways, walkways, that can be a pretty expensive undertaking. Tree debris removal is a standalone coverage. And in that instance, it may not necessarily be required to have hit a structure. It could just be straightforward debris coverage, particularly on commercial policies. That's where I would look first. I think that that's where a lot of HOAs who were impacted by Hurricane Ian, for example, experienced a lot of pain. They were underinsured and they had $500,000 tree bill for debris removal and they only had $50,000 of coverage. Um,
1: oof, yeah. So how widespread of an issue do you think it is in the industry?
3: I think it's very widespread. I think it is incredibly widespread. I think that there's not an emphasis on outdoor property. People are looking at clubhouses and structures. They're not looking at what is a tree canopy on a property. What would be the potential if a major wind event were to impact the property? And then trying to gauge what sort of costs would be involved in restoring that property. Restoration is first and foremost, phase one, the cleanup. Phase two would be replacement. I think Most policies are very weak on both.
2: From a risk management perspective, David and I, and yourself, we all really, really drill down on plans. Now, what's the primary component of a plan for your your outdoor property?
3: Well, I think that there's two things immediately that property managers can look at. They can assess what is our potential exposure, looking at the number of trees on the property, what sort of canopy, do they have a lot of tall trees that are in managed areas? then evaluating whether they have good coverage. Good coverage, just as a simple definition, $250,000 of debris removal. I would start there. If you have a lot of trees on an HOA property, you could be easily looking at a quarter of a million dollars to remove those trees after a major event. The other thing that I would look at is creating relationships with vendors that are reasonably priced, insured and licensed have a good reputation, do your due diligence before the storm hits and create those relations. Believe me, the storm chasers will descend as they did in Southwest Florida after Ian. They descend upon you know all of the properties that have had a lot of tree damage and they are gouging, they are coming in and offering an immediate solution. And then a property owner is left with a $500,000 bill and no coverage to pay for it.
1: Oof. So the solution to avoid being price gouged in the disaster recovery period is really to stay ahead and build a relationship from what I I gather, correct? Yes, you really have
3: to build a relationship with a company. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a company that is within a 20 mile radius. It can be also an out-of-state company. There are companies that are large that do provide disaster response services. It may be even recommended to choose a company which is 100 miles away because companies that are in the strike zone, Mm -hmm. if you're in the center of the storm, those companies also were impacted. They may not be able to respond. So thinking about a company that will be able to respond, you can even create a a first alert or a, a red alert program in which you sign a contract and say, you will be on my property in 24 hours, chainsaws lit up, clearing the main roadways into the property, determining what needs to be done quickly. And here is your hourly rate. Determining those things before a storm is critical.
2: Yeah, moving down the timeline a little bit, how does a property manager document the damage? Well, first and
3: foremost, the easiest way is we all have a phone and we can start filming it and taking photos. It's good to kind of break up your property into quadrants. So a clubhouse, sales office, building one, building two, building three and starting to take photos of what has occurred, what is the damage, and then writing down. You don't need to be an arborist to do this. You can simply say eight trees, 50 feet tall, approximately 24 inches in diameter, and just create an inventory of what you have lost. Starting there, documenting things is critical. It will allow everyone later to make determinations.
1: Got it. Very interesting. Now, as I was listening to you, I was thinking of another aspect of the, the issues we, we deal with. I mean, we hear about wildfires every summer. We all suffered through the smokes that came from the wildfire in Canada. So are wildfires something things that's an issue and how important is it for communities to plan on how to work with this particular risk?
3: Wildfires are becoming a major issue. There can be a wildfire anywhere when we have this extreme heat. So prevention, having not only a plan in place, but there are specific steps that can be done in order to prevent the impact of wildfire on your community. Fuel reduction zone. That's a term of art in the world of wildfire prevention. You are creating a barrier where there is no plant material, nothing burnable, there's no wood piles, no structures where wildfires can approach your property and then jump from the road to a wood pile to a shrub to your house. Having the right professional come out and structure a plan and implement a wildfire prevention, there will be upfront costs. This is not covered probably by insurance. This is gonna be an investment in your property. And you're now creating an area around your property in which you have the safety buffer. The wildfire will not be able to reach your structures.
2: Seems to me that a plan like that would actually help your risk management strategies, no? No. I would think so. Doug, you have an extreme depth of knowledge in this and I can feel the passion coming from you. We like to give our guests an opportunity to give a shout out to somebody that's helped them along in their career. Could even be a charity or something that you're passionate about. So is there somebody that you have in mind that you'd like to recognize on the show? Just give them a a little shout out and, and a thank you.
3: Yes, Dr. Michael Durr. He is a horticulturalist. He was an iconic figure in the industry. He really helped us build HMI into the company that it is today. He went through some personal tragedy along that journey, and we were with him. He and his wife, Bonnie, are incredible people, and I love them. They are not only wonderful arboriculturalists and horticulturalists, but they're wonderful people that helped our company become what it is today.
1: Wow, that was a nice shout out. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for uh, all these uh, seeds of knowledge that you planted this morning. No pun intended. We'll see you all next time for the next episode of Community Association Car Chat.
0: We'll see you guys. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thanks for listening to Community Association Car Chat Podcast. The number one nationally recognized Community Association video podcast. Go ahead and hit subscribe to get the latest podcast delivered straight to your phone or tablet each week. And remember, you can watch us live on LinkedIn every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Community Association Car Chat LinkedIn page.